0: Pickett, she lays it off to Reza Pallones. It's an absolute peach. He is driving. Huge. What a hit from Melina
1: Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Me tomorrow, one no. And welcome back. For a second hour, for a new show, Radio Dub with me, Tio Frenpong, and my co-host today, as always, Josh Parrish. Josh... Intro music still amazing. We've got two amazing guests coming on. We had a great weekend of uh, A League Women's football. Are you excited to be here?
0: I am as fired up as if my name was Cannon. Because
1: Ooh, that's a good, that's a good little 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 <laughs> little drop there, you know. Of the that's
0: the way that why they pay me the big bucks.
1: Exactly, you know, Whoa. Josh. We have two amazing guests. First guest that's going to come on just shortly, hopefully, is uh, Melbourne Victory number one um, keeper Casey Dumont, who. Tima had a good win on the weekend. Oh yeah, and it's good to have her back. You know, last season we didn't didn't have mm. her in the league after her, you know, her ACL, which is really really upsetting. But she's back and she's playing some great football. Are you excited to have her on?
0: Fitter than ever. Yes, and she's been proudly uh, displaying on her Instagram. Um, I'm keen to ask her about her uh, her her exercise regimen because I think I could learn a thing or two. And, uh, me she, too.
1: My, my gym membership, they keep charging me and I keep not going. It's very disappointing.
0: It, there's a gym in the building. I know. You, you, have you ever been? It's mysterious. Live, it's difficult to I will to find. be honest.
1: I live 45 minutes away I from this place. I think the only so. person
0: who uses it is Lockie Flanagan. Is he munches down on a bag of spinach every night. and that's,
1: then? That's why Lockie's healthier than all of
0: us. This is inside uh, f that you don't need to know about. Um, I, I'm keen for this, for this show. I was... Very entertained by the Dub Derby, the Melbourne Derby on the weekend. I thought it was a fantastic match and a real, really good advertisement for the league. And Melbourne Victory will be very happy that they got away with three points after they struggled in that first half.
1: I was at the game and for the first 60 or so minutes, Melbourne City were dominant and they played Mm. some really good football. But unfortunately for them, they they got a little bit tired because they're a really young team. But victory showed their class by holding on and putting pressure on on this on City and having the X Factor, which is Lynn Williams, like mm. having that kind of a player come on and just she wasn't luxury. even the funny thing is I remember her doing this run and she wasn't even running at full speed, but she was quicker than everybody else. So I'm scared when she goes, you know, it's my fourth game. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bolt to the goals. Come on.
0: I mean, she was barely getting out of second year and just cruising past people. Um Chidiak straight into the starting 11. Yep. Uh, I'm a self-confessed Alex Chidiak stan. Uh, but
1: you're the president of the fan club,
0: Josh. <laughs> I might be. Uh, but she was stifled a little bit in the first half, really came to life in the second, and that assist and that run I thought was magic.
1: I think it was really – I think her and Kyra uh, Cooney Cross, when they find that little bit – of their partnership evolves mm. and gets a little bit stronger, you're going to have that, that midfield be one of the best in the competition, if not the best – but you know what? On the phone right now, Josh, we might have one of the best keepers in the A-League, Casey Dumont from Melbourne Victory. Casey, um, thanks for joining us the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm very well, thank you. You had a good win on the weekend. So I'm assuming your week has been good because of that. And you maybe like a little bit of extra celebration with the team because, you know, good good win in the derby.
2: Uh, yeah, it was fantastic win to, um, against, obviously, City. It's always good to get the bragging rights early. Um, not too much celebrations. We've got a quick turnaround, so we're just getting the body right. Like, we had a training session recovery session yesterday. Today we had off, and then we're back into it again tomorrow for a full set of training to then head up to Brisbane. So not too much celebration because it's only early in the season. But, yes, it's very nice to um, get that first, first derby win and, Melbourne's ours at the moment.
0: <laughs> Tell us how you felt on the final whistle because that was not a straightforward game for victory whatsoever.
2: No. So I think it was a big sigh of relief from the final whistle because um, obviously, yeah, there's a, a lot going on. We scored all three goals. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Amy Jackson didn't have a very great game. She scored the own goal and caught the red card, but without her getting that red card, that who knows what that opportunity could have mm. turned into for City um and then yeah also to like the heat i think affected both teams and obviously like the the nerves and everything and the build-up before the game and then during the game because it is such a big derby game afterwards it's just like oh my god it's over
1: (laughs) but then it's like yes how exciting we actually won we get the bragging rights to begin (laughs) we saw you go down a little bit early in the first half i I was sitting in the media box and i was a little bit i was like oh she gone down because of the heat was the heat really affecting you guys out there?
2: No, so I didn't go down for the heat. I went down for something else. Um, it was just more a fact of obviously Melbourne's weather's all over the place, and the week leading up, it was cold. And then the one day it's nice and sunny is the day we have a game. So, yeah, I think it did take a toll a bit in, in the players, especially if you see the last 20 minutes, you see a lot of the city players go down with cramps, and you see a few of our players stretching it out and everything like that. So, I think it's we're not used to it yet because. Summer has not been a normal summer. Um, so it's just, yeah, the heat was there, but it wasn't too bad as what it's usually been like this time of year.
0: That injury to Kayla Morrison is obviously a big hole to fill. Now Amy Jackson with the red card will be suspended, and I don't know if she was favourite to play centre-back again after <laughs> golfing their own goal. As you say, that red yeah. card probably took one for the team. It's not as bad as it looks on paper. Uh, yeah. But, uh, how is the squad planning to, to fill that? absence because you know you're so stacked in other areas affords the uh that's a maturities. very good
2: question <laughs> we have um video analysis tomorrow morning before training and i'm sure jeff and gareth and katie the coaching staff have have a plan in sight and we will see it then at the moment we're very um in the unknown to mm. see what he will do but in saying that we have emma robes um who is also can play center back she plays midfield we have a very versatile, like look at Courtney Nevin, for instance. She played centre-back for Matildas, so she might slot in there. And one of our, like, Leah Privatelli or um, Mindy Barbieri, if you look at our previous games, they've dropped back into the full-back roles as well. So that's the best thing about our squad is no player just plays one position. Um, and especially in preseason two, Jeff was very open to the plays like make sure you know not just your position, you know about two or three other positions. So I have the belief in our squad that whoever does step into that role will get the job done.
1: What's it like as a keeper seeing one of your key you know, defenders go out and does the leadership roles kind of change when a player like Kayla, who is also your captain when she goes down? Um, well, that's the best thing
2: about having, like, obviously Kayla is our captain and she's been phenomenal. Like the, her Actions even straight after getting injured. She's there at every training session. If you have a look at photos, she was there for one of the first at the game on the weekend. Like she's been amazing. She's still our captain. She's still one of the best leaders we have in our squad. But that was the reason why Jeff also has the leadership group because they are there in case, but also to Kayla's not just the captain, she also is one of those roles in the leadership group. So now at the moment, it's just Leah who stepped in um also Melissa Mazel's there and I know also too like Amy Jackson is also there too like she's one of the the backups of the backups like but then if you have a look like we've got so many leaders on the field so it's phenomenal that anyone can step up and it's great but yeah losing Kayla was you I think you see in the first five minutes after she comes off we were a bit of a shambles um but yeah when when we had that the halftime chat like Straight away, Kayla was one of the first going girls. We just do our normal plan. I'm still here. Like, it was, yeah, it hurts, but she's still around. So that's the best part about it. The spirit's phenomenal with her.
0: Well, that's good to hear because we were absolutely shattered when we heard here on, on Radio Dub and, like, the... Uh, naturalisation committee that we've got going. Uh, I'm, the, I'm uh, the president, Josh.
1: I want it to be known. I'm flying the flag for her to become an Australian I mean, citizen. Come disappointing
0: on. because uh, we're really hoping that she'd uh, you know sign some papers and play for Australia, but that's a story for another day. Uh, yeah. Casey, you mentioned the depth in the squad and the versatility of all those players. And one thing that struck me is just Victory's been signing new players out of nowhere. Lynn Williams joining, Alex Chidiak comes in on loan one training session straight in the starting eleven. What's the competition for places like at training at the moment? It must be electric.
2: Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> Every training session, we're all friends um, off the pitch and have good banter, but once Jeff gets that session going, it, it, it's on. It, it really is. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> as, <laughs> as cliche as that is, It's when we do shooting and cage and um, 6v6 and stuff, the intensity is very high, which is, great because obviously the higher it is the better we get as players but also to that that drive to really everyone's fighting for a spot no matter even if you played on the weekend you got to fight again this week to get that spot again so it it is great um and then yeah the the random signings of people coming in it just makes the level even better because like, we heard we heard whispers um, and then it was just like, oh, now they're here. All right, wow, training's got to step up even more. One, because obviously, like, they bring that high intensity and professionalism, but also, two, like, we want to show, like, well, you've got to step up just as much as we are.
1: Well, you've had to come this, – this is your first season back after doing your ACL uh, a season ago. What's that like when you have to fight for your position again? And, but also, in the meantime, have to get yourself physically fit and ready to play football at that high standard? Mm. Um, firstly, it was
2: Achilles. Oh, sorry. Um, I do apologise. I do apologise. That's okay. Um, no, it was fantastic because, like, when Jeff contacted me, because obviously there was Gabby, there's Maisel and there's myself. Um, when Jeff initially contacted me, like, would you be open to fighting it out? Gabby hadn't announced she was pregnant then. So it was like, you know what, this is great. This is some competition. Yeah, let's do it. And it's all made us better because, as I said, then Mazels was like, on oh, that, she, she, Mazels is good enough to be playing. So that stepping in, coming into preseason, it was phenomenal to know, like, oh, when I was coming back from my injury, it was like, I really need to work hard to make sure that when we do go into preseason, I'm not behind anyone, that it is even par. And then it's just, we fight it out every day, every session, every game that we can. Unfortunately, Mazels broke her hand, which, I guess I'm very thankful for that in the case of I got to get that upper hand, but like no, no one loves a player getting injured. Like I felt so sorry for her cause she had been working hard. Um, but yeah, now like she's back and, and it's the the intensity is so good that every session you, you, you walk away like, Oh my God, that was so hard, but you know, you've gotten better from it because the competitions there with like every session, but also to, you know, it's just benefiting you as a squad member and a player that you're going to help the team later on as well.
0: Casey, okay, so having a look at your Instagram here, and uh, it seems like you've really worked on uh, your fitness. Obviously, um, in terms of uh, coming back from the injury, but also just you know being fitter than you've ever been. I'm I'm just curious, like what's your secret?
2: <laughs> Hard bloody work.
0: <laughs> Damn, that wasn't um... the answer I was hoping for, but. You know. <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, there's no shortcut, um, and don't get me wrong. There was blood, sweat, and tears that whole time coming back from injury and making sure that I dropped the weight and everything. But, you know what, I wouldn't change it for for anything. Um, but, yeah, it really is. you just got to dig deep and just keep going, even on those days you don't want to or those days where you want to have a big, bloody pig out, so that you've got to really get that mental game and go, no, look at the bigger picture.
0: How are you feeling on the field now? Um, I mean, uh, your words here, half the person, twice the player. I mean, it must feel different when you're diving and your agility and so forth.
2: Everything, everything. Even like, even, even not on the pitch, just in everyday life. Like, I've never been happier, like physically, mentally, spiritually, how, whatever you want to put it in. Like, I yeah, I kind of wish I did it sooner, <laughs> but obviously you live and you learn. Um, But, yeah, no, just in in everyday things as well as, yeah, on the pitch, it helps with recovery. It helps with being able to – the endurance and, um, like, preseason was hard. I came in – even though I worked hard, I came in unfit because, obviously, I was in Sydney lockdown, so I didn't get to touch a soccer ball. So getting on the field, it was different. But because I had done those little hard works and dropped the weight and everything in Sydney – Coming here, it was like it. It only took me maybe a few sessions rather than a good three or four weeks. So, massively, it, it's. I uh, yeah, like I said, I wish I did it sooner, but you know, I've done it now, and that's what matters. And yeah, it's it's. I uh, yeah, I've I've never been happier. I'm lo- I'm loving life. I'm loving being able to play again. I think um, gratitude is my biggest thing. When when you're out injured, it's you don't realize how much you miss it until you can't do it. So that's what yeah. It's it feels good and yeah even on hard day hard days hard training sessions it's it's so much easier to recover when you're a lot fitter.
0: I mean it's half half the battle is the mental battle right and mm-hmm. being that grateful for for being out there. I mean maybe you needed to go through that to to reach this point in your career.
2: Yeah, it's been a few of those moments. <laughs>
0: Um, I I wanted to ask about Jeff Hopkins and if he set any individual goals for you because uh, we were talking to Melina Ayres a couple of weeks ago and she says she has to get five tap-ins this season uh, and the the rest of the goals (laughs) will flow because we know she can hit them from outside the box, no problem. Uh, Are there any individual goals that he's set you or that you've set yourself for this year? Yeah,
2: so obviously Gabby set the bar high last season Mm -hmm. with the eight clean sheets, so obviously... Haven't started off too great. I'm honest.
0: Hey, it's, it's hard when your own centre back. I feel like no, the no. You see, use, so. this
2: is the
1: problem with professional athletes. They set these high standards. I feel like being top, like w- winning two games at the start of the season. I would be buzzing. I wouldn't even. You know what? I don't, I don't mind. Piku
0: is checking out for the rest of the year, but that's why she's not the goalkeeper for Melbourne <laughs> exactly. Victory. Casey. Uh,
1: oh, we're our worst critics, 100%. 100%. <laughs>
2: like, like I said, we're absolutely stoked we got the wins, but uh, there was about six or seven us straight after the game, we're like, oh, we could have done this better. We need to do this better. Like, straight away, we do the reflection. And, yeah, we're so hard on ourselves. Um, but, yeah, goal-wise, it's purely wanting to complete a season, start every game, um, Jeff and myself did have a chat and it's more the case of me being a mentor to the squad because obviously I've got all the, like a lot of experience being in the W... Well, now A-League, I should say. See, is that a A-League. coin? That but- a coin?
1: Sure. <laughs> see, we have this rule. When we say the name wrong of the league, we have to put a coin in the in the, like, uh, the, the metaphorical swear jar. So oh, that's, that's our first case. player oh, swear jar.
0: Hey,
2: i have, have to donate to it. But, hey, it was <laughs> W League back then. It was. That's, no, that's that, true. That You're that referring is... to
0: the past. That is a caveat, actually. I raised that in my own defence last week, that in fairness. Jumped and gone. That
2: is
1: true. <laughs>
2: Sorry. <guys. laughs> yeah, so, no, nah, there's, there's lots of little goals. Like, Jeff did do the individual chats with everyone. And, yeah, the main one is that I'm there for the squad as well as, I perform like i the previous seasons I was there because obviously I had a great season then, so it's just he was just like wants me to repeat that, but as well as keep playing while I'm happy and loving it and and improving on every little aspect that I've got that because obviously you're only as good as your next game, so it's just making sure i I reflect and and get better each time and help the squad as best I can
1: I, I know there's obviously a lot of um, a league women's players who are not, they're not only professional footballers, but they do work outside of it. I've seen that you're a, you're a nurse on, this, on the out, mm-hmm. outside of football. What's that like juggling both things at the same time?
2: I'm very... Well, I have done it previous seasons and it's not easy. Um, you've got to find a good boss, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um but this season, I've been very lucky that Victory is supporting me enough that I don't have to nurse. But also, my job in Sydney, my boss was phenomenal. That she's got did the whole, you know, chase your dreams. Soccer's not forever, so I do not want to stop you. You'll always have the job here when you come back. So I've had like obviously I've got Victory and Jeff who are phenomenally supporting me if I did want to do nursing. And then I've also got a great boss in nursing in Sydney that is all like, you no, know, chase your dreams. It's you, you only live once things like that so I've, I've been great that I don't have to do it this season but um, previous seasons it's it's been tough um, but there's there's other girls too like we've got teachers we've got girls we've got full-time um, running businesses things like that and I think it's the first two or three weeks in pre-season or even during the season as well because obviously once games get involved it's a bit different they find it the toughest but then your body gets used to it and you're so used to being busy all the time that when you do get downtime, you're like, oh, you're twiddling your fingers like, what do I do now? Um, but yeah, it's it's very different. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it's normal, but I guess others think like how you do both, but you just do it. Bills don't stop. <laughs> well,
0: that's true. I mean, it's funny talking to some of the, the men's MPL players that we have on and um, you know, Ryan Scott, who's since made the grade in, in the A-League, another goalkeeper, was saying, like, you know, the A-League's easy compared to, uh, you know, getting up at crack of dawn to work as a, a mm. labourer and then having a 8.30 p.m. kickoff at Summer Street and trying to keep your eyes open in the second half. So, you know, it's uh, it, it must be a privilege to be able to finally, you know, do this full time.
2: Yeah, Um Definitely living life. I'm absolutely loving it. <laughs> the not having to wake up at four AM to make a five AM shift or a six AM shift is is fantastic. Instead I get to sleep in until about six thirty seven and then go to training and yeah, it's it's very different. Um but I'm definitely not complaining. <laughs> That's
0: for sure. So there are players like you who've juggled ridiculous uh, commitments outside of football while continuing to perform on the park and seem to have their lives like regimented to within a minute of themselves. And then, uh, mm-hmm. then there's Kyra Cooney-Cross, who I see on Maya Mykovsky's Instagram has managed to set fire to a bag of popcorn, the caption being, just as well you're good at football. So uh, <laughs> maybe your teammates need a few tips.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, they're young They'll, they'll they've they got a lot to learn but yeah no I saw that and I had a good giggle it doesn't surprise me that that happened um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm sure they had a great time I, I think they went to Holly's family's holiday house down in the uh, ocean grove or something like that and it looked amazing like when you got a day off you gotta you gotta enjoy that stuff like it that's what memories are made of like so now nah, they look like they had a good time and I'm sure Kyra will be copping a bit of banter from Maya and the girls for a while with burning that popcorn because that's one of the easiest things to cook.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine how that smells. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, the creative geniuses, they're, they, they've they got their minds on other things and uh, they're a bit uh, a bit absent-minded. Uh, but uh, we better let you go, Casey. We've kept you on for far too long. Pakul, you got one more?
1: I've got one more before. I mean, every time yeah, we have a player, we player on, I want to ask because I'm trying to build the profile of you know a-, a league women's players so people learn more about these players and who to watch out for. Which who's a player from the victory and outside of the victory that you think that a league women's fans and just football fans in general should be looking out for for the rest of the season?
2: Can you say all of them?
1: <laughs> um, like, every player has
2: different different qualities and yeah, it's oh god, that's a hard one to pick. Um, I think. I think the A-League um, women's, like, Instagram young Matildas girls, like, it's really good to see that Matildas are scouting younger and younger girls um, because, yeah, their quality, like, the quality from such a young age has grown so much that they're able to live and breathe and get better and better. So, yeah, I will definitely have to say our youngsters, like, like I, I think our average age of squad is 19 or 20, so, like, You've got Kyra, you've got Courtney Nevin, you've got Maya. like you've, you've got all these younger girls. Um, we've got young Murph um, who came through our academy. Um, like there's just so much potential and the best part is they've got so much more growing to do and they're already performing ridiculously well. Um, so that's probably the victory girls. But then, yeah, if you look at all the the, the other teams, like I, I think obviously like you've got Princess and Remy and Sydney, um You've got Bry- Bryony in Western Sydney Warners. You've got Rosie Galea. You've got um, Newcastle have a few youngsters. And it's great that they've got Emily Van England they signed because obviously she'll be able to mentor a lot mm. of those youngsters as well. Um, Brisbane Roar has so many youngsters. I know their average age is really young too. I think it's like 18 or 19 as well. So there's so many all over the, the league that it, it's about bloody time, if I'm allowed <laughs> to say that. That I think you are. You certainly so are younger, to say that. <laughs> younger girls, that it's like, look out for all of them because look how much soccer's changed and how much they're already on notice. Just wait until give it give it another season or two. It's going to be especially with the World Cup coming; those names are going to be well known, very much with everyone, and even overseas as well. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those younger girls get overseas gigs real soon too.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Casey, for joining us. And hopefully the victory can continue having such an amazing season and you can get a few a few clean sheets along the way. That's the plan. That is the plan. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll be heading to a break. And then right after the break, we'll have uh, Canon Clough. Chloe, we're not sure yet, from Brisbane. Canon Clough, I'm, Clough. I'm going, Clough. going with. Okay, we'll <laughs> figure it out. We'll it's hard with
0: the new players. Yeah, exactly. uh, we'll, we'll confirm the pronunciation and then set their precedent going uh, forwards for the season. Exactly. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good
0: night. Pick She lays it off to Reza Polans. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Belinorrez!
1: Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Myanmar, one-nil. welcome back to Radio Dub. We just finished off with Casey Dumont just before we went on ad break. Now we've got another guest, Brisbane's Raw's new signing defender, Cannon Clough from America. I was stuffing the name up. Cannon, did I say it properly? Yeah, you said it
3: perfectly, actually, which is a surprise. That
1: doesn't normally happen. You know what it is? It's because I've got a, I've got a like tricky name, so I, I make sure that I get other people's right and like I get the pronunciation just perfect. What can I say? <laughs>
0: I'm sure Beautiful. we're pushing yours
1: <laughs> Cannon, thank you for joining us. Um, I, I, I read that this was your first professional contract signing with the Brisbane Roar this season. What was that like at the start of the season when they called you up and they said, we'd love to have you on the team? And what was that feeling like when you signed that contract?
3: Yeah, um, it was really exciting for me. Um, obviously, first professional contract um, and... To, for it to be with the Roar, who I've kind of, you know, been on the edge of for a few years now and just like near misses the past couple of years and then to finally get it. Um, it was huge. It was special. Um, it's why I've stayed over here, it's why I've been away from my family for two years. So, yeah, it was really special.
0: Cannon, we understand you come from a bit of a sporting family. Can you tell us a bit about that?
3: <laughs> yes. Um, I grew up with two brothers, so our house was a boxing ring. Um no but yeah we do we have a sporty family both my parents um did sports growing up mom ran track um dad played football ice hockey rugby um you name it basketball um and then same with my brothers my older brother was a phenomenal ice hockey player and also lacrosse player which i know is super huge over here um <laughs> And then my younger brother, same thing, really good lacrosse player. He also played, they both played American football, gridiron football. Um, and yeah, quite athletic.
1: So lucky on the genes. See, you've, your brothers have picked some of the most violent and physical sports out. Sure, how were you like, you know, in the house being like, you know what, guys, this is my household. I don't care that you guys play these sports. I am the queen. I rule this.
3: You know, um, I don't know. I think we definitely didn't come easy. Um, my older brother and I were probably more competitive than most. Um, for the first probably 10 years of my life, it was, you know, survival mode. Um, but now we are best friends. Um, but, yeah, no, they now things have flipped, and they are my biggest supporters in sport. And they both kind of retired from organized sports. Um, and just still very active and athletic, but
0: definitely they've got my back as far as support, which is cool. So, Cannon, you came through college soccer in the U.S., uh, not just anywhere, but at the prestigious athletic program at, at North Carolina. You're a Tar Heel, which I think in Australia, we mainly associate that with the basketball and with Michael Jordan. But uh, what's, the, uh, what's the soccer program like over there?
3: The soccer program is actually... Um, it, it starts to rival the basketball a bit. Um, Anson Dorns, my coach, is just a really well, um, well-versed guy.
1: He's had 22 national championships um,
3: just, in his just career. Just a little bit loud yeah. for the
1: people in the back, honestly. <laughs>
3: so, um, unfortunately, the two years I spent there, I did not receive one of those. Um, we did have the ACC championship against... Our biggest rivals, which is pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, as a, it's it's also a women's soccer school, which is cool um, to be able to say. Um, and the like, our coach Anson and the men's basketball coach were always really good friends, and they shared a lot of the similar ideas and tactics as far as um, how to motivate players. So, and our coach would tell us all the time that everything had to be competitive, everything had to be written down, stats were written down, um, because that's how, if you do that in training, then you want to win games, and there was definitely something to it.
1: Do you think that's uh, something that's really helped the women, like women's football in the States get a lot bigger, because they have that college program, and women's football is, there's a bigger light on women's football over there, as opposed to in Australia, where it start, it's just growing gradually, with the Matildas getting better. Do you think having a college program that is really consistent and competitive allows the national uh, divisions to get better? Absolutely.
3: Um, I think that just the structure and being in an environment where you are just pushed to be your best all the time, um, whether that's in the classroom or on the field, like you're expected to be at your top um, in both really. So it's pretty cool to have that full-time exposure you know you're on campus you're always with your teammates I think that's um one of the biggest things is you know if you don't have the living in the dorms or living in houses with each other and spending you know all your meals together um that's kind of like a one-up on different programs because they um yeah I feel like over here we get to see our teammates we get to hang out with our teammates we do have meals with our teammates but we don't we don't live, eat, breathe mm-hmm. right next to them all the time, so it's definitely um, a bit different in the college system.
0: So, Cannon, how does the move to Australia come about? How are you possibly persuaded to travel halfway around the world to play? What was it? NPL first. It's the
1: sun in Queensland, Josh. That's <laughs> what it is.
3: Josh, the, the weather, the people, yes, the waves, everything. But um, it was the NPL for me. That's who first reached out to me. Um, and dangled opportunity in front of my face and i had just graduated or was about to graduate from carolina and i said yeah i'm not done with soccer let's do this um and then it actually fell through the first time i was talking to the coach um he ended up leaving the club and a new coach came in so as soon as that happened he was on to me and then we got it sorted and i was over the next year Um, with that being said, I knew that the W League was the goal, um, but the NPL is a huge, really amazing pathway for
0: that. So. Well, we're seeing more and more uh, female players get opportunities in the A-League um, from from the NPL ranks. I mean, I think it helped a little bit when we had this exodus of Matilda's players over to Europe and it opened up a few roster spots here and there. But uh, it, it used to be, um, a, I think... Quite tough for players to get noticed, but now we've got all these games live streamed at that level. So, it's, I mean, how does how does Brisbane Raw get in touch with you? How do they uh, start following your progress? Did you know that you were on their radar?
3: Yes, I did because, um, like I said, that was my goal. Even my first year here, um, I introduced myself to the coach and I just said, "I want to play for you." Um, and the coaches at least for the Brisbane Roar, have all been kind of local and in the scene. So if you're involved in soccer and if you're playing week in and week out, um, and like you said, they stream all the games, so everything's super competitive, um, and they can they have access to whatever they want to see. So lucky for me, um, I got to be around those coaches that were getting to make the decisions on the team.
1: Well, I, I have no doubt the reason you got onto the Brisbane Roars radars because your NPL side, winning is a part of the fabric. Winning after winning. Josh, you might have said, I don't understand how a team can be so dominant. How do you build that kind of a culture in NPL side? Wow. Yeah, this this past year was a
3: really special one for us. And I think just what you said, the culture. Um, um, Our team this year was so close. Um, just best friends off the field and then at training we all had the mentality of you know let's work really hard let's like put in the hard tackles the the extras like the amount of girls that would show up early or stay late at training was really cool to see um that wasn't here my first or a bit of my second year here and then just to see especially the younger girls be super excited about the opportunity to play even in the MPL, because we had quite a few young girls on our side. Um, and just, I think the mentality for us and the culture was just really special. It actually reminded me of what I had back at Carolina, which was really fun to be a part of as well. All
0: right. So let's talk about your new club and your new team now. Um, Brisbane Raw, storied team in both the men's and the women's in the A-League. Um, but, Around here at FNR, we're we're card-carrying members of the Katrina Gorey fan club in particular. And to see her come back uh, after she's had a kid, I mean, how is she looking in training? Is she she tearing it up again?
3: She has not skipped a beat. Like, even today, we uh, redid our testing for our fitness test. And we were talking about it after training. Like, oh, did everyone do better? And she goes, yeah, I shaved 30 seconds off my time. And her first time wasn't even bad. And I was like, this girl... It's something special and just to have her and Harper around and it's super motivating to, you know, because you said earlier, a lot of the Matildas have left, gone overseas, done different things, but to be able to still have her and her experience in the setup um, and then bringing that extra flavor of being a mom is just, I think it's inspiring for all of us. Like we all really look up to her and it's cool.
0: Sorry, just picking up on something there. Does the baby make appearances at training? Is that what you're telling us?
3: Oh, yeah. She doesn't miss a training. <laughs> she is, yeah, her oh,
1: attendance is perfect. You've got perfect, to start perfect. them young. You've got to start them young. Is that right, Cannon? <laughs> Honestly, we're, we're trying to have the best female footballers in the world. So if you start them at zero, by the time they're 10, they're tearing it up like Messi. It's easy.
3: <laughs> the odds for Harper to be the best footballer in the world are high. She doesn't miss a training (laughs) and she's got the cutest little Nikes from all her aunties all over the world aunties um she's yeah she's just the cutest thing ever and she doesn't cry so she's one of those babies that you just want around because you don't even sometimes you forget she's around because she's just so cool and fun but it'll be cool to watch her grow up
0: I think that's how we ended up with Mary Fowler here in Australia. So that Sorry. that's your start them young. It's a, it's a exactly. good strategy. I mean Come on, Josh. World Cup 2043. Uh watch out Harper Harper
1: <laughs> Easy, she'll be tearing it up. Honestly. We need to make a little jersey. Exactly. Come on. She she'll be she'll be like next she'll be the assistant coach for the next game. Just be there. The only time you'll hear a cry is when they score a goal. They'll just be her celebration. <laughs> That is so awesome. Um, Speaking of the Brisbane hasn't the season hasn't started the way, obviously, you guys would have liked. What have you seen from the team so far that you guys could improve on and all that you have even liked that you can continue going forward?
3: I think the drive from all the players and the personalities. We we
1: have a great group of
3: personalities within the team, Um, which that's not something you can really coach or... You know, at this point in most of our lives, our personalities are set. So it's just about kind of the teething phase and speeding that process up. I think just as far as us getting to know each other really fast, getting to know how each other play, because um, Gareth actually brought it up the other day. We had a little bit of a leadership meeting, and he said, guys, I just want to remind you, two people on the field from our starting lineup were in the team last year. And we all just kind of sat and said, you know what, you're right. Which no excuses, but it's pretty cool that we have such a new team and there is a lot of potential there. I
1: think. So you, you've said that you only had two players from who were on the team last year. How do you and you've spoken just recently, you've spoken now about how close and be, like nice the bond is with the group. How do you build that so quickly to have a team that's you know the morale stays high and everybody's going. You know what? I trust you. I trust you. We can play good football. We might not be winning right now, but I trust that we're going to get better.
3: Yeah, I think um, it must start at the top. I think Gareth coming in, also his first year, um, he has just been super organized, um, very transparent with us, really encouraging and inspiring, but also, you know, when he's speaking, you know who's kind of the leader and... Mm. He's just – he's taken it upon himself to earn everyone's respect really fast, which is sometimes I think can be a hard thing to do. Um, But he's done that. And same with the girls, really. Like, I think, um, you know, we'd like it to happen a little faster and we definitely want to win games. But I do think that everyone's kind of bought in. And the fact that we don't have any massive egos or um, things like that within the team is – pretty cool because everyone's just there to work hard and um, get better and grow. So the the growth mindset and with Gareth being the way he is as a leader, I think it's really going to be good for us in the end.
0: So big game coming up on Saturday, Cannon. Doesn't get any easier for you. Uh, 5.05 p.m. (laughs) kickoff, uh, home game at uh, Redcliffe against the top of the table Melbourne victory. Uh, How are you preparing for this fixture? Because Obviously, victory—the star-studded team in the comp, most people's pick for the, for the championship in preseason—and you know they've started with a couple of wins. Uh, it's it's got to be a, a tough one to prepare for this game.
3: Absolutely, um, I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, obviously, we have respect for the opponent, but I think we're going to prepare like we do every week, and like anyone should, is just worry about ourselves and control what we can control, and then the rest will come. Um, and if we just play together, communicate, do the do the job that we were set out to do, I think it could be a pretty exciting one. Like You always want to play the top team because then if and when you knock them off, then everything changes. So we're excited. Um, the morale is good at training, so it'll be a fun one.
0: So you're just going to focus on playing your own game and, and not worry too much about adjusting for the opponent? Or you know, do you think there'll be some, uh, some sneaky tactical tweaks from Gareth during the week?
3: Well, obviously, no. It's not the first game of the season anymore. Everybody's got film on each other. So I think you know we've already started the tactical stuff for the week. Um, mm-hmm. Gareth is extremely organized. <laughs> Someone call it OCD. But he's ready, and he has passed on information to us that is extremely valuable, extremely important. Um, areas where he thinks, you know, we should attack, and what we should do in certain areas. So, I definitely think we have got it. Yeah, we've got it down. So we just got to do our job.
1: Well, Make it happen. I have no doubt that they will figure it out because I've watched the, f- the first two games and they've. you guys have actually played really good football, just have been a little bit unlucky in scoring um, some goals and, you know, finishing it out, but your football has actually been really, really good. I want to ask, you're, you're, this is the first season for A-League Women's fans to see you. What type of football, what type of uh, defender are you and, like, how, did, how, has, how have you modelled your game as a player? I
3: like to be, well, in defence, obviously, you want to keep a clean sheet that has not happened for us yet. But personally, I just want to dominate my area, um, and then be able to help the teammates around me and the teammates all over the field, um, in their areas as well. And I just, I guess I want to be the girl that never stops working and that, um, helps make it happen for her team.
1: Absolutely. Well, Cannon, before we let you go, we usually ask everybody who comes on the show, Who is uh, an A-League women's player that they should be looking out for for the rest of the season? Oh, is that in our team? Yeah, in your your team. Your team could be
0: another player you've seen in the competition so far. I mean, it might be unfair. You haven't been here that long. But uh, we're we're trying to improve, to explain this, we're trying to improve the knowledge base of the A-League women. We're trying to bring new fans on board. So who stood out to you, either watching on TV, on the pitch, or in your squad that we should keep an eye on?
3: I think, um, you know, personally, I'm looking forward to this upcoming game, and I don't think she's going to be here for the entire season. I'm not confident in that, but obviously, Lynn Williams is a someone to look out for. Um, but I think in my team, we've got some very young weapons. Um,
1: Say, <laughs> I always put everybody on the spot. Everybody, I, I feel like I should prep them and be like, "Guys, I will be asking you this. I, I, this is my fault." <laughs> I always do this.
3: I no, apologize. I, I love questions that put me on the spot. <laughs> I like to be a little uncomfy But to be honest, I think um, people should look out for Marielle. She's. Mm. I have the opportunity to play with her in lions in the lions setup, and also now, um, fortunately, roar. And she's just one of, she is an absolute workhorse. And with her futsal background, she's pretty cheeky on the
1: pitch. Um, Is it because she's Brazilian? You
3: know, it could, maybe she, I I think so.
1: Like, (laughs) she definitely grew up
3: with a football at her feet. Um, But yeah, and she's just all around good teammate. She's going to, you know, even if she's at one end of the field, she's going to run to the other end and make sure she helps out. Um, her job's never done, so she's always a player to look out for, and she's fun to watch. Like she gets the crowd going when she does little chips, little fakes, just little footwork, and that everyone loves an exciting player to watch. So it would have to be Mary Else for me.
0: Well, I mean, that's actually written into your contract. If you're a Brazilian player coming to play in the A-Leagues, so you, 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 you have to get the fans off their seats. Otherwise, we're shipping you off again. So uh, just that's as well.
1: See, that's See, I feel like that's, that's part of like a contract bonus. So she's got a bonus every time, you know, the crowd gets on their feet and they clap for her.
0: Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a bonus every nutmeg.
1: Exactly. Easy stuff. <laughs>
0: Cannon,
1: oh thank man, you. if she got paid for nutmeg <laughs> <wow. laughs> she'd,
0: she'd be the league's highest earner C- Cannon, thank you so much for your time Best of luck on the weekend against the V-tree. Uh We'll be watching uh, We'll see if uh, you and Lynn Williams come up against one they another They might the actually I am just looking
1: at this they, they, You guys might line up on the same side of the field I do believe
3: that could happen yeah. So, got my work cut out for me But I'm very excited
0: can't um, wait! Thank you guys so much.
1: Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Nice talking to you, and
3: hopefully I will talk to you again soon. Absolutely.
0: Cannon Clough, I tell you what, it's an absolute travesty that the Oakley Cannons don't have an MPL, uh W Victoria team because yes. uh, they could. Once upon a time, they could have signed her, know, and it Josh, would have been. Josh,
1: Josh, you know, you know how I feel. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it makes me, it hurts me. But we, the Oakley Cannons, we are on the way to getting an, uh a league. Oh, no, uh, we are on the way to getting an NPL women's side, so it's okay. It, it is coming. It's coming in the works. But you know, but what, I feel Josh? like you might
0: have missed the boat on Cannon. Clark. Yeah, we, we might
1: have. You oh, know maybe, what?
0: You know, maybe we can attract to Victoria in the off. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm done. saying. It's the dream Come isn't on. done.
1: But Josh, we've had some great guests on today. Mm-hmm. Casey, good, good vibes. Yeah, we haven't had a keep. So this is my thing. This is what I was looking at. Who we've had on before? We had the strikers. You know what? Uh, cool. It's fun. But now we got the defenders. And I feel like now we need some mid, some like more like established, established midfielders.
0: Are we, are we going to assemble the Radio Dub 11 by the end of we the are. season? Or maybe the, the, full, the- squad. full squad.
1: Full squad. We'll have some bench players. Mm.
0: Some
1: easy, light, light stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean we've had Mackenzie Hawksby in the yeah. middle of the park,
1: who's been amazing. Like everybody's talking about Remy Simerson and Prince Sabini and stuff like that. Strikers like, always hoggle. Yeah, the glory. but Mackenzie has her uh, her passing has been next level and. She, I think she assisted the Remy, one of the Remy's first goal on the weekend. She has been phenomenal. And we still got to see Molina get on the field. Uh, and then Chelsea Blissett said she'd be back in January. So it'd be good to see her on the field when she gets there.
0: Well, before we go, do you want to have a chat about some of the weekend's games? You mentioned Absolutely. Sydney. You mentioned Mackenzie Hawksby standing out in their win. Two derbies uh, this weekend. We talked about the uh, Melbourne derby. Didn't talk much about the Sydney derby. Mm. I thought this was pretty comfortable for Sydney Absolutely. FC. They, they, they took the lead early and, and sat on it never really looked in danger of, of this result flipping on its head.
1: I think one has to do with Sydney being, for me at the moment, they might be the best team in the league because when I watched Victory play on the weekend and seeing how they struggled a little early with City and seeing how comfortable Sydney were, like they, they have such a fluidity and when they go forward, they score and they make sure they score well. And the, it, there's no doubts about it. But also on the other side of the field, Western Sydney, the A League women's season is a lot shorter, so the time for panic it becomes a lot quicker. And I think in a game or two, if they don't start figuring it out what they're doing, just like the, the men's ten, carl Robinson's jobs, you know, he's the warning bells mm. starting to ring. They may start ringing on the women's side as well.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I I think Western Sydney have underperformed. On the park for quite a while now in the women's competition. Given how ambitious that club is, and
1: and the amount of money and the amount of, they've got some of the best facilities in in yeah. all the old. They've there,
0: got like, massive institutional advantages. They shouldn't be struggling like this against yeah. both comps.
1: I think they, they they don't know they don't know themselves. Like when mm. I look at Sydney and I look at Victory and I even look at City, they know the type of football they want to play and they will play it for ninety minutes. So they may get tired as city did on the weekend but they will try all the time to press Mm. to attack from the wings and and you will know what to expect from when i watch western sydney play i I go what a what type of football are we playing here and as um who's my brain manchester united new manager what's his name again ralph reineck thank you ralph he said you can't be hard, You can't be pregnant and then, or half pregnant. Like it doesn't. He doesn't really work, and it's the it's the same thing about the way Western are. They like, they do they press sometimes, and they sometimes they don't press. I don't exactly know what it is they're doing.
0: You just distracted me, and I started thinking about Harper Gory again. Our next star. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Honestly, I'm telling you, Josh. Easy, Matilda's captain. Mm. It's easy work for her.
0: No, no pressure. No pressure. Uh, look, I I think there's no coincidence that the two best teams in the competition are coached by two of the longest serving managers. And maybe that's a catch-22. Maybe the success means that they are long-serving. But having a blueprint uh, for Ante Juric and for Jeff Hopkins, two of the best coaches in the league, I think leads to a continuity on the park. And yes, they've had more consistent squads as well. um, But I think they're more able to integrate new players, which is always the challenge with this short turnaround ALE women's season. So... As uh, Canberra is reminding us, it takes time. It, it takes time it was, to absolutely. establish that blueprint, and maybe we need, need a little bit more technical direction at, at women's teams.
1: We do. Another game uh, that happened in Sydney, Newcastle Jets new signing, new signing for the team, but not new signing for foot, uh, women's football fans. One of the premier mm. players for the Matildas, Emily Vane Egmont, is was back on the side and helps Newcastle a comfortable five one victory over Wellington, who. Had a, you know, f- mm. a, a nice, happy, fir- like, it wasn't excellent by any means, but they, they drew in their first game and maybe the they, expectations ex- are, low for that expectation are low, but maybe they crushed back down to earth just mm. a little bit after Newcastle showed them what a, what a A-League women's side is meant to do to the new team.
0: Yeah. I mean, Van Engmond dominates at this level Absolutely. and there's a reason that she was in the Women's Super League. So that's a massive signing, even even the week before. Even the week before, they didn't look too bad against Sydney. Exactly. You were saying that they they weren't easy beats. The scoreline didn't quite reflect it. Um, But for Wellington, I think that might be slightly more reflective of how the season is going to go. But I'm just glad for them that they broke their duck and they scored one. Yeah, exactly. Because if they lost a few in a row and they obviously had the draw, but it was a nil-nil, the monkey gets on your back about, have you scored a goal yet? And you know you don't want to go scoreless for a season, and you don't even want to be thinking about yeah. that. So at least that's
1: I don't that's yeah, done with, exactly. and they
0: can move on from here. But it's it's a tough ask. It's playing a young away team, you exactly. playing away
1: from home and having to build a level of cohesion. Like it's it's tough, and and I nobody expects them to be winning. You know, like but almost expecting them to win one game, but. They've, they've done a little bit better. I want to just go to Emily van Neymond just for a second before. I don't want to go on a Matilda's tangent as we as I do. But Tony Gustafsson has got to look at the way she played for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So high up the field, allowing her to create and be that type of player that she's always been. He's got to be wondering. She's playing like this. Obviously, it's a different level of like quality, obviously. But I'm just – the way she plays football at her best is always higher up the pitch. mm has he got to be, you know, if she puts in a few more performances, especially when she goes back to America and she's playing high up the field and she's playing that great football that we know she can, she has to go, why am I playing her so far down the pitch? So far back, sorry?
0: I think it's a long-standing issue for multiple national coaches and it comes from maybe a paucity of options in that area. I, I can't imagine that this is the first choice, that this is why they're doing yeah. it. I think it's it's in regard to let's get our best players on the park and it doesn't really matter where they play, which... I think he's been proven time and again not be, to be the case for the Matildas. But before we go, Bakur, I do want to talk about this Adelaide United-Canberra match. And I have a few uh, tips for the broadcast team. Let,
1: let's, I want to hear it, Josh. Come on. Let, let's go.
0: So I think the A-League women requires a level of professionalism and respect to the competition and maybe research this, yeah. that was not... What was uh, the first
1: – at the start of the season, Josh, what did I ask for? I asked for commentators to know the mm. players' names, which we didn't get in the first round of the A-League Women's. I asked them to do their research, and I asked them to, to bring good energy. A little bit shaky Who stuff. is
0: Michelle Haywood? Josh. <laughs> That's what I want to know.
1: Who is one of the best goal scorers the A-League Women's has ever seen? I, 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 how can you not know her name?
0: You can excuse one slip of the tongue, but this commentator was repeatedly referring to as Michelle Haywood instead of Heyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did she on. change her name,
1: Josh, that we didn't realise?
0: Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. She was the story of last season.
1: Her rena- wasn't, she the Julie,
0: wasn't she the Julie Dolan medalist last Josh. year?
1: I've, I just think that sometimes a simple... I, I'm not a fan of Wikipedia, but sometimes a quick Wikipedia search and maybe even Google saying the name out for you might be needed for something. I don't want to like go you know, mm. fully... Because it, it happens. Sometimes people make mistakes. But I think... Sometimes it it's, looks like if you don't treat the competition with respect, if that if certain commentators were doing A-League men's games, they wouldn't be out there getting these players' names wrong. You need and to they show wouldn't th- be
0: allowed to get away with it either. They
1: wouldn't be allowed to get away. You need to show the league the respect. If the, if the A-League is going to be go, go the A-Leagues, mm-hmm. you need to show the respect and show the same level of appreciation you show the men's league. We've seen with Paramount having A-League women's but apparently mm-hmm. having the A-League on their website – We've seen Twitter, like Twitter mishaps. When is women's football in Australia going to be relevant for people to go, I care about women's football and I'm going to show it the respect it It says These are the little steps. Before we go for the big steps in those FFA Cup situations, these little steps, these are the things we're talking about. And these are, as a young female, this is what I care about. I want these little things Mm. to be done properly. That's just my
0: tangent. You've That's had it. your rant. I think you've gone early here because I've got two more examples of faux pas from that game. <laughs> Josh,
1: I'm, <laughs> tired, man. I'm tired, man. I'm tired.
0: I'm so repeatedly there was Haywood. Yep. Anyone can have a mental blank. It happens when you're in front of a microphone. It's hard. It's hard. I, I- understand. Mm-hmm. There was a big ruckus uh, the other week for Adelaide when they were repeatedly referred to as the, the Lady Reds yep. on commentary, which hasn't been their nickname for a few years. Yes, that's a, it's an outdated piece of information. It was previously correct uh, about five years ago. That but if can it happen. changes,
1: you need to change with the...
0: That wasn't the issue this time. When you're lining up for a free kick, what's a lady wall?
1: Josh, I think I missed that. Because <laughs> now you've said it to me. Now I feel angry.
0: I don't know what a lady feel, wall is. I
1: feel... I just... It, it leads to a bigger problem. Like a real mm. lack of care and lack of... like. Think almost thinking that people aren't watching, so I don't need to show at that level of, and you know maybe that maybe mm. that commentator had a bad day that day, and I don't want to like pile on, but I
0: do.
1: <laughs> you, you most certainly, but you know I like to. I'm gonna give him a little bit of, little bit of leeway, but, but not a lot. This is the second game. Don't get it wrong in the third. You shouldn't even get it wrong to be honest. Like you should have a level of professionalism that your notes.
0: That's just disrespectful, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and because I want to end on a laugh, uh, this Do we have was, any
1: purrs like we had last last week? This
0: is another mishap from the commentary, <laughs> but this one's a bit of a funny one. Okay. And uh, I almost want to say language warning. It's a bit of a Kasuke Honda moment. So, okay. uh, you know, kids in cars, cover your ears.
1: Look at that. Just fucked it in the back
0: of the net.
1: From a long way <laughs> out. What did they say?
0: What was that? What? She what? She what to say?
1: I don't know. Are we let play on the station.
0: Have you ever you ever thucked one from outside the box?
1: I don't think so. Have you gone straight through. It? Yeah. I don't think I ever will, to be honest. But you well, know, oh, if... <laughs> Josh, I don't know what that is.
0: But you I know don't what? know if we can play that. I we might I lose our broadcast so license if I play that but again. I
1: tell you an, a great thing from that Adelaide C- can- Canberra game. Nanak, I don't, I, I don't want to pronounce her name wrong, just because I haven't like looked at the name properly. But that first Adelaide goal. The Remy Simpson goal was my favourite goal mm. of the weekend. But, Josh, I don't know if you've seen it.
0: The Nanako Sasaki goal?
1: Thank you. See how I waited for somebody else okay. to say it, to get it right before <laughs> I tried to pronounce it? I <laughs> it only, would have been a little hypocritical. Honestly, I don't, I'm not trying to embarrass myself yep. on air. Okay. But her goal, worldy. Absolute. But The Remy Simpson one was... It reminded me of when Bamiang used to know
0: how to score goals. It was quite nice. We've got a little uh, little Japanese contingent at Adelaide this season with Riona Amiya making the move over from, from South Melbourne yeah. as well. So I want to keep an eye on. That's an interesting one. That was a great game. A, a winner in the 91st minute yeah. is always exciting, uh, but uh, good for Adelaide to get off to a winning uh, run, uh, given that they were thumped in week one. They clearly weren't as bad as the scoreline and exactly. I think this uh, result goes some way to proving it, but we're almost out of time, per We are. Uh, any games you're looking forward to in the coming weekend? Before we go, because um, it's another big round.
1: It is. It is a big round. I, I'm, I'm excited for the Brisbane Melbourne victory, maybe mm-hmm. because we had two guests from yep. those clubs on. But I'm also actually excited to see City versus Adelaide because, for me, that's actually a relatively even game because yeah. I, because City are still building their fitness and, and as Rado Rado said in the press conference that you know they hit a wall and he admitted they hit a wall because they're it's very early in the season. So I think if City can play at a team who are more of their level, can they can they mm. even that out that spread of consistency in the game, and can they pull out a, a, their second victory of the season?
0: I have bad news for you. What? Simultaneous kickoffs of those two games you mentioned—you're gonna have to split screen that one.
1: You know what? I think my TV can do it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Picture- LG, Picture. LG, we'll figure it out. We'll figure <laughs> it out.
0: That's all we've got time here from Radio Dove, from myself, Josh Parish, and Bakua Frimpong. It is goodbye for now. Pickett. She lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach.